Before, before I answer anything else, I want to apologize to the guy. Some, some guy running off the field, and he ran, uh, like jumped in front of me. We were coming off the field, and I bumped into him and kind of pushed him, and then he ended up on the ground. So I want to say sorry to him for that because that was just frustration mixed with him running and, and literally just running in front of me. And that was – shouldn't have responded that way, but that's, that's how I initially responded. So I want to apologize to him for that. You're locked in the press box. Leah Hextall of ESPN is going to join us um, in about 10 minutes or so uh, as the NHL season gets underway. The Golden Knights are in L.A. tonight to take on the L.A. Kings. Their home opener is Thursday against Chicago. Uh, So I want to go with some uh, projections across the league on opening day. Okay. Dom Lecision of The Athletic. uh, Oh, boy. He's a numbers guy. Yeah, I love this guy. Um, The Golden Knights have a 58% chance to make the playoffs, according to The Athletic. They are projected to finish with 93.8 points. That's the 15th best record in the NHL by these projections. They have a 4% chance to get to the Western Conference Finals and a 1.5% chance to win the Stanley Cup. But key number, 58%. Uh, Jay Fresh, you can follow him on Twitter. He does a lot of analytical stuff on He's the great. NHL as well. He has the Golden Knights missing the playoffs. He has the Golden Knights as the fourth best team in the Pacific behind Calgary, Vancouver, and Edmonton. Mm-hmm. He also has them behind five teams from the Central, Colorado, Minnesota, Nashville, Winnipeg, and St. Louis. And that's what got us into trouble last year, people. So. We have uh, one projection saying that, and by the way, he has point projections here, Vegas at 90, St. Louis at 93. So you're talking about three points between getting into mm-hmm. a playoff spot by this projection. The other one, they're in a playoff spot, but a 58% chance. So I give you both of those projections to sort of ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Do you believe the Golden Knights chances to make the playoffs are essentially 50-50, are essentially a coin flip? Or do you think they're better than that or worse than that? I think they are a coin flip and could trend towards the worst end because you got to look at how the the playoff structure is set up with wild cards these days. Because if we have a lot better teams in in the Central Division, which was the case last year, they're going to suck up an extra wild card spot from the Pacific. And so you're not in that protected top three spot. The big uh, wild card for me right now in the Pacific Division is Vancouver. Vancouver is a team that made some noise in the bubble a few years ago, obviously, and has a lot of young talent that they've invested in with with Quinn Hughes, with Elias Patterson, with Brock Besser in the offseason that they extended, and um, Thatcher Demko, who I am a huge, huge, huge fan of, and he wears the best number in sports. And so, but they're a team that defensively has really struggled and and for some reason has a really tough time getting going. Their neutral zone was really bad last season, but that's why you bring in uh, Bruce Boudreaux and he always seems to get the best out of his players in the regular season. It's more of a question in the, in the postseason. but with the full season of that positivity, uh, I, I really think we're going to see a resurgent year from Elias Pedersen and hopefully a few more goals from Brock Besser because I think if he can get 10 more and Pedersen has a year that you would expect from a guy who won a Calder Trophy just a few years ago, like that could be enough to topple over your Golden Knights. I really like what Calgary did in the offseason considering all they lost. We know the talent on the, on the Oilers. And the Kings, I think... They were the sleeper pick for me last year, and I, I hit on it. They're not a sleeper pick for me this year anymore. Like, they're they're a certified, I think they're a top three. And wait, they're going to they get better the as the season. Wait, 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 wait. They huh? didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, they did. 
The, King, the Kings won in round, and then they got oh, that's absolutely right. slapped up in Edmonton. Yeah, that's right. And so, uh, or Calgary. No, no, no. They didn't win. They didn't make it. They, they won one round. Or I don't know. They had game seven. That's what happened. It was a game seven. And um, it was largely on Jonathan Quick. Like he had a, a huge bounce back year. And Morning. he's what? Okay, exactly. Um, and he's still the, the number one goalie, which is not the position that the Kings want to be in as an organization. They want Cal Peterson to be the guy carrying the water, leading the way. And he did not look that great in preseason either. And so how much their success will hinge on their goaltending. That's what I'm really interested to see because maybe they've done enough fortification in their roster otherwise. So there's a little bit of pressure off of that because when they won their cup in 2012, they were an eight seed and they rode it all the way on Jonathan Quick's con Smythe um, playoff series. So they need to get a lot more from their back end. How many teams in the Pacific do you believe are better than the Golden Knights? Because regardless of the wild, you do think there's at least at three least teams three. that are better than Vegas. On paper right now, yes. And and remember, like this is just what was what was the taste left in the mouth from last season? Like and and what kind of limitations does that put wow. on our trajectories for this year? Because when you had so many injuries, you have all that negativity, you lose Max Patrick. Like there's a lot of reasons not to like the Golden Knights, but we've never seen them with with this type of fuel in their system either. And there's been uh, evidence in this league as of late where you have quick success with new coaches. Why not with Bruce Cassidy in this organization? So looking at like a playoff spot, mm -hmm. if there are three Pacific division teams that are better than Vegas, they're, they're competing for a wild card spot. Right. And like you said about the central, and you got to take care of business versus the central. Yeah. And they, and that's the thing, like they always get in these barn burning games against like St. Louis, where it's like six to five, the second period's a gong show. Ryan O'Reilly just goes off and you know, there's just a few people on Minnesota that seem to have our number. And let's remember that playoff series where they pushed the Golden Knights to the game seven. And the only reason why they won that game is because Matt's, pa Max Pacioretty literally rose from the dead and had a hat trick. The Kings were eliminated in round run by Edmonton. Okay, so I just had that the series been, wrong. Are you eating while you tell us this? No, I'm trying to clear out the part where I'm eating. <laughs> yeah. So and a then, bit of a, you you could have waited. There was no, like, have you had, didn't have to talk no, about that. No, I need to make a phone call now. Yeah, that's true. But can you take care of Dallas? They did that early last season, winning like two to one games, especially against your former coach and Joe Pavelski, who's a who's a, a killer for the Vegas Golden Knights. Nashville was a surprise team last year. Expect big things from them. So it's just there's a lot of really good hockey teams in the Western Conference. And so it's just ultimately who's who's going to compete for the spot? Who is going to get it done? Who's going to win in shootouts? Like it, it could come down to those types of point scenarios. I'm fascinated to see if this team truly is like a a bubble playoff team. Mm -hmm. I'm fascinated to see the, the narratives that we talk about throughout yeah. the season. Because, It'll be very different than what we're used right, to. They've been a great team e even last year. Yeah. They were in a playoff spot like until what? February, March? Like it, it's not like they were bad the entire the year. Right. The they the, la the end of the season was just awful. Yeah. But like they were in a playoff spot for the majority of last season. So I'm I'm fascinated to see if this team is truly a bubble team, which means they're hovering around whatever, a 500 points percentage. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, on some days they're in the playoff spot, some days they're not. I'm curious what what the narratives are from the media and the fan side, but also what do the Golden Knights do with the roster? Right. Yeah. If they're a borderline playoff team and granted the cap space situation. Yeah. Are you stacking your top two lines? You yeah. throwing out the same guys on the first power play and keep them out there for a minute and a half, like just even minute allocation. Things can shift very quickly. And things that we've seen in the past, even when they've been 
comfortably in the playoffs. We've seen coaches, and granted, they've gone through three coaches now, but we've seen coaches like, ah, every game's important. We can't, we don't want to give Marc Andre Fleury a lot of rest because we need all these wins. How That'll you, be very different. How do you handle the goaltending situation? If if you're truly a bubble playoff team, then yeah. you're probably going into every game saying it's all about desperation level. We, we have to win. And mm-hmm. you know, can you be desperate from Who gives us the best chance yeah. to win tonight? That's who I'm going to play. Yeah, which we'll hear thirty seven times. Matt Cassidy yeah. will be up front and honest. But it's like what what goaltender is riding the hottest? Who's making the saves? Who's making the saves in the most hygienic ways? You you hold these guys to the same standards as with the skaters. Are you where you're supposed to be? Are you chasing the puck below the net when you don't need to? So you're creating more work on the back check for yourself and therefore putting us in a compromising position. Like there's a lot to sift through for these guys. And so sometimes it can get hard to just forget, be in the flow and play. What is a hygienic save? That's like where, <laughs> so you make the save and you either don't give up a rebound or when you, you give up a rebound and it's like right in front where you can cover it up right away, where it's not getting, where you don't have to do more work than is necessary and causing more work for other people in front of you. Hygienic save. Hygienic save. Clean. Yep. It's clean. So save it clean. So just catch it. That's the ideal thing to do for sure, but <laughs> it, through traffic and get tough, you have a few gotcha. points of, of misdirection, or maybe you're just a little bit quick. Like a lot of times, kids' uh, hands will get in front of them, and the puck will hit them in the hands instead of just letting them hit in the stomach. That's why I coach them up and just say, guys, just do less. No oh boy. Do less goaltending. All right. Joining us now from ESPN is Leah Hextall on the day the NHL season opens. Good morning, Leah. Thank you for joining us. How are you today? Good morning, Tyler. I'm great. It's opening day. How could we not all be just thrilled to get this going again? Uh, So I want to start here with our team in Vegas. Uh, The Golden Knights missed the playoffs last year for the first time. Lose Max Pacioretty in the offseason. A little bit of uh, roster turnover. Fire the head coach. I'm curious your thoughts going in. What are your expectations on Vegas? Like, are they a true cup contender? Is this just a playoff contender? Do you think they might be out of the playoffs for a second straight year? It's a great question because, first of all, the offseason in Vegas is just, you know, another year. This is one of the most aggressive franchises, if not the most aggressive franchise, that there is in the National Hockey League. When we look at everything on paper going into this season, first of all, the Golden Knights are in a division that is very tough. I mean, you look at what Calgary did in this offseason. Even though they lost Johnny Gaudreau, they rebounded so well by getting Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberdeau and Nazem Kadri all to sign. And then Edmonton doing what Edmonton's going to do with McDavid and Drysaddle. And then the LA Kings, who they're going to face tonight, is a team that's got great expectations on them to make the playoffs again. And when it comes to Vegas, unfortunately, it all comes down to what's going to go on in net. The loss of Robin Leonard for the entire season, and now with Lorraine Brassois looking to be on the IR to start the year after having hip surgery himself, it's a question mark of whether or not Logan Thompson can carry this load. So the Golden Knights, really, when I think about it right now entering the season, I hate to say it, but they're going to struggle just to get into the playoffs again this year. Hey, it's Lindsey Brown here. I'm a huge fan of you and your work and really excited that we're having a chance to talk to you today. And let's talk a little bit about the goaltending for the Kings, because I think there's a lot of question marks there because a lot of their success last season was uh, on the backs of Jonathan Quick and his bounce back year. They would expect something out of Cal Peterson this year, but I'm looking at it. Have the Kings done enough roster wise? Have they added to the offense enough to overcome the lack of their defensive depth? Because so much pressure has been on that goaltending position for years. Well, Lindsay, you, you said it right there. They need more offense coming from this team, and that's why the addition of Kevin Fiala is so strong for the Kings. I mean, they were the only playoff team in the Western Conference that made the postseason last year with one lone 30-goal score. They're going to need more from that because you can't expect 
Jonathan Quick, at 36 years of age, to continue doing what he's been doing for the past 16 seasons for this Kings team. It's not to say he can't do it. We saw just flashes of greatness, you know, quintessential Jonathan Quick play last year. But, you know, he is a veteran. He is aging. And what happens, knock on wood, if he gets injured, which could definitely happen. So, you know, the Kings have to do more offensively. And more so than that, you can't have Anze Kopitar once again being your leading point producer. I mean, he's done it 14 of the last 15 seasons for the Kings. And his time on ice has come down because of the addition of a player like Philip Deneau who can take some of the load off of him. You need to see some of this middle core for the Kings start to step up and produce offensively and take that over from Kopitar because as strong as that core of Quick Kopitar and Doughty have been now that Dustin Brown has retired, the Kings need to see another step from their middle pack and their youth if they're going to be a playoff team for the second straight year. Leah Hextall with us from ESPN. So it's game one of 82, but are these the two teams that are battling for the third spot in the Pacific, LA and Vegas? I would say so. I mean, Vegas definitely has a chance to be a disruptor here. And, you know, this is, what you, this is why you can never count out Vegas, and it's because their general manager is Kelly McCrimmon. You know, Lindsay and Ty, I started my career in Brown and Manitoba covering the Brown and Wheat Kings uh, in junior, and that was Kelly McCrimmon's junior team. I have known him for 20 years. And back when he owned that junior team and was the GM of it, they made the playoffs almost 20 straight years because every year, he would be making major moves at the deadline that nobody saw. He's doing the exact same thing here in the National Hockey League. He's continued to do this for the Golden Knights. So you can never count them out because at the end of the day, they're in on every major move in this league. So I guarantee you, if this doesn't stay on track the way that McCrimmon wants it to and the way that their owner, Bill Foley, wants it to this season, there's no loyalty on this team. They will make the moves to make sure that they're back in the playoffs because I have a feeling missing them again is unacceptable to this Golden Knights franchise. So you probably know this better than anybody then. What are they going to do at the deadline this year? How's Kelly McCrimmon <laughs> going to go from negative cap space or whatever they're right? at to adding a player at the trade deadline? Well, here's the thing. Last year they had no cap space either, right? But he managed to figure out LTIR and IR and all those capologist type things that I can't even wrap my brain around in order to get Jack Eichel. So he's always pulling moves off. So we'll have to wait and see. But, you know, they have a group here that, you know, if – Thompson can't come in and just do the job. He doesn't have to steal every night. He has to do the job, which means there's going to be a huge onus on the blue line in front of him. Getting Nick Hag signed yesterday, massive. Not just because he's 6'6", but because of what he brings to this team. And then up front, they have all the potential in the world. As Cassidy has said, their head coach, their bottom six needs a little bit of work. They need to elevate. But, you know, if they can just play the way they can, They've got a huge chance of being in the playoffs. Let's remember, they only missed it by three points. They missed the second wild card in the West by three points. And look at how many injuries they had, especially to their captain, Mark Stone, who still was almost a point-per-game player in the 37 games that he was limited to due to injury. So there's a lot of potential here in Vegas. You can never count them out. And it all starts tonight, um, 7 o'clock on ESPN, and we're thrilled. We're talking to the Leah Hextall from ESPN. We've already touched a little bit on Calgary in their offseason, but who's the most intriguing team for you this season? Ottawa and Detroit are certainly up there for me. Oh, Lindsay, those are two great ones that you just snapped out of there. I mean, you look what Steve Eiserman did in Vegas. I mean, I mean, sorry, in Detroit, there's, like, honestly, I don't know if anybody played the offseason better than maybe Brad Trey Living in Calgary and with how he rebounded from the loss of Johnny Gaudreau. 
Um, but, you know, Ottawa also is so interesting because they're looking to take another step, too, and they've done a lot. It's really too bad that Cam Talbot has the injury to start the season, but mm. I think that they could definitely be in the playoff talk. But when I look at this, you know, league across the board, that's what I love about it is that I think we're going to see a little bit more movement in the standings this year and perhaps some of these sneaker teams that are ready to take that step. They might not be quite a playoff team, but they're going to challenge. I felt like last year, I don't know how you guys felt, but there was a few teams that were out of it by Christmas. And that's really difficult, not only for the players, but to cover as well, because you want games to have meaning down the stretch. And there was a lot of teams that just, there was such discrepancy between the teams that were going to be playoff teams and then the rest of the league. So I think this year we're going to have a few surprises, but I picked Detroit to be my surprise team. And the team that I think is going to maybe not struggle a little bit, what we're not used to seeing is those Bruins. I mean, they have a ton of injuries to start the season. You know, they're top winger and they're top defenseman you know, along with Matt Grizzlick as well. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Bees, and that pains me to say it. I used to work in Boston and live there, and I love that organization. But I think this might be the first year where we might see some differences in playoff teams because a few teams might struggle due to their injury situation at the start. But, uh, Lindsay, I think you're right on there. I think uh, Detroit could just definitely be that sleeper team that we might see make some noise. Uh, Boston struggling? Would any of that be because they lost Bruce Cassidy as well? You know, isn't it crazy, you guys? I mean, the guy makes the playoffs six straight seasons and gets canned, right? And, I mean, in Vegas, you guys are used to it, too. As I always say, coaches go there to win and get fired. Uh, you know, that, that just never used to happen in the game. I mean, if you made the playoffs, your job was locked in. Because I think that's what people kind of take for granted in this league. It is so hard to make the playoffs. In Vegas, I'm just going to tell you guys flat out, you've been so spoiled. You've been so Facts. spoiled since you entered the league. I'm sorry, but you have. I mean, going on that cup run in the first year, are you kidding me? I've been fans of teams for 30-plus years, and I've never seen them make it to a cup final. So, you know, you've been so spoiled, but that's what makes it great, and that's what makes it such an amazing hockey market. But just to get there is so hard, and uh, that's why the playoffs are what they are, because it truly is the best teams and the best time of year. Who's uh, the most malnourished franchise? If you're saying we're spoiled, who's the one that, that has some due coming? Like, what, what's your take on that one? Well, I mean, I think poor Arizona. Uh, and their oh, come on. They can win a chip in that arena, you think? Yeah, you know what? Here's the thing. I think if it's malnourished, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Manitoba girl uh, from Manitoba, Canada. And, uh, you know, I would love to see the Winnipeg Jets manage to get a Stanley Cup one day if anything, just for their fans, because mm-hmm. they have such great fans. But, you know, come on. Do we go any further than Toronto? I mean, this is a team that can't get past the first round, no matter how much I don't know if they're they malnourished in Toronto. Forever, but they're not, mal- <laughs> they're not malnourished, but when it comes to playoff success in Stanley Cups, they're very malnourished in Toronto. <laughs> I love it, though. I love it so much. <laughs> well, everybody enjoys it when, uh, you know, when the Leafs get a little bit of their own medicine but they've had a lot of medicine for the last few years that's true (laughs) well she is leah hextall from espn leah we appreciate your time this morning thank you so much thank you guys and enjoy the game tonight thank you so there is leah hextall from espn ahead of the nhl season opening tonight including the golden knights taking on the la kings when we come back we'll dive into the front page in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate, and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press.
And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? The front page is brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club at the Suncoast. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy every Saturday night with shows at 7 and 9. We'll have some tickets to give away here uh, in this hour. Uh, Russell Wilson has a strained lat. Oh, no. He flew to Los Angeles to get an injection to help with the discomfort. So first question does nobody in Denver capable of helping Russell Wilson with his strained lat? It's always my favorite. Race. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, I'm always, the, the top most doctor of all time. We must go to them. No one else right. is like, worthy. Like, what's he dealing with that can't be done by somebody in Denver? I don't know. The press release last year from uh, Dr. Stephen Shin, who is the one who did his hand surgery. Are Do you, you remember about the press to release? Quote something you memorized that nobody else remembers? No, I'm not going to direct quote it. But you could. But he was just like, I've never seen a healing process so expedient. What an absolute <laughs> animal. Like, he was just so overly complimentary. I'm like, this is just above and beyond doing what you're, you're here to service for. So I just. Russell Wilson is a fascinating personality in the last three years. And the way that this is leaked and everything is very interesting to me. It sounds like an excuse. Mm -hmm. Like that. That's but he was getting it, dragged. Like the best right. thing that happened to him this week was the Draymond video getting released <laughs> the day after. Literally, it was the best thing that happened to him. He look. he played horribly. In, Awful. In the Thursday night game. And, so off too. And then we hear, ah, he's going to, to get a shot. Uh, to fix his lat or help him with discomfort. Where is the lat? Front, front of the shoulder. Right. Yeah. I'm yeah. Pretty certain. Yeah. I'm not a doctor. I'm on it. Yeah. Thanks. Well, there we go, Google. So I just, I, it very much screams as excuse is yeah. what it does. Is hey, you're playing horribly. Your team is underperforming. Oh, he's injured. That explains everything, right? And not even if really. it's true, it doesn't sound good that it's coming yeah. out this way. And the last play. He had a wide open wide receiver. Yeah. It's not like, oh, he didn't have the arm Missed strength badly. because of his shoulder hurt. Mm -hmm. Jared is pointing at his back. Okay, so we're talking about so like the, the fall, the, the, the back part of the slingshot. Okay. That would probably affect the accuracy slightly. Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Lights FC beat Miami 3-2 to two over the weekend. So with one game left in the season... Lights have 44 points. The top seven teams make the postseason. Fifth, sixth, and seventh all have 46 points. So they're two points out of a playoff spot with one game to go, which means they'll if to get in, they'll have to get in on a tiebreaker. They're going to have to win, have at least one of those teams lose, and they'll get in on a tiebreaker. The problem is they lose the tiebreaker with Rio Grande Valley and New Mexico. They do win the tiebreaker if they are tied with just Oakland. I don't know if they win or lose the tiebreaker with El Paso because it's kind of complicated and it gets like to the fourth tiebreaker. Oh, man. Um, however, there's also a possibility they end up in a three-way tie for a playoff spot, which then gets even more complicated as to who would make the postseason. So you hope for some separation there, but you know, you just, any. you got it whatsoever. 
So On the skin of our teeth, right? One game left. They go to LA Galaxy 2 this weekend. This would be the first time Lights make the postseason, but it's still somewhat unlikely because they need to win and have at least one team lose, and it has to be the right team that they win a tiebreaker against. Uh, Oakland would be the best scenario, I believe, for Lights FC. If it's Oakland and another team, then it could get confusing and they could still end up on the outside looking in. But tiebreaker watch this weekend for Lights FC. Oh, Next question. Standing in your corner. Next question. The Toronto Maple Leafs want to trade Wayne Simmons, Elliot Friedman. Um, I'm just going to read his tweet. Toronto sent an email making it known that Wayne Simmons is available. Return is not as important as doing right by the player. Simmons said he feels good and very much wants to play. Here's the part of that tweet that I loved. The Toronto Maple Leafs sent an email to the rest of the league. Like, I want to be on this. Do you think there's one big email chain of like, Here's who's on the trade block, like fantasy football leagues. Yeah, it's how they make sure they're cap compliant. Remember, they just send an email that nobody ever checks. That's what happened is, with the Dodonoff thing last year. I was going to say, year. is this where Giddy Dodonoff was that just sent to the junk email? see this guy, and it's all a fish. Like, it's all good. I, I Honestly, I don't know how I thought teams would be like, hey, this guy's available until the rest of the league, and email ultimately makes the most sense, I guess. Send it to the group chat, But right? I just found it funny that the Maple Leafs are trying to make a trade the same way that I try to make a trade in fantasy football. <laughs> like, I'm going to send these They're guys an email. They're all just dudes. Right. Allen Robinson <laughs> is available. I'm trying to do right by the player. Yeah. Let me know what you got. I don't, it, again, it makes sense when you think, how else would you send, make sure all the teams know, hey, this right. guy's available. Kyle Dubas has a lot of things to do. We can't do separate emails. But it just sounds funny yeah. when you're like, ah, of course. There's just an email that gets sent out. And also, this is how things get leaked to the media, right? You accidentally put Elliot Friedman on the email. Oh, 100%. He's, he's blind CC'd on it by one team because they want to leak this. Like, I think it's great that this is how an NHL team would do it, even though it makes a lot of sense. Everything is just good marketing and a logo. All right. Coming up next, we'll get back into the Golden Knights. The front page brought to you by Bonkers Comedy Club. The Suncoast Hotel and Casino is the place to eat, drink, and laugh. Check out Bonkers Comedy every Saturday night with shows at 7 and 9.30. Carr raises the right leg, hands it off to Jacobs. Jacobs piling forward. They're not going to give it to him. They did not get it. They did not get it. The Raiders did not get the two-point conversion. Colin Saunders looks like he clogged the drain. You're locked in the press box. Am I a hater if I just think Kansas City's play-by-play guy is great? No. Like, of all the random play-by-play things that Jared plays for us, I think he might be my favorite. You were walking into the yard. What's happening over there? This is a scene straight out of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Some of the best memes of all time. Is that a movie, Jared? You don't, you've never seen it? It's actually a pretty good movie. It's one of the best rom-coms of all time. It's uh, under the premise that uh, Kate Hudson's character, Andy Anderson, who's like 22 years old, has uh, a column at a big time magazine and um, tries to lose a a guy in 10 days to appease her boss and writing a piece she doesn't want to. And she doesn't end she up She swindles it. Matthew McConaughey and then they fall in love on a motorcycle. It's amazing. And she what, has to quit her job or something? She she does it out of, out of principle because yeah, she wants to write yeah, about politics. Right. You can tell it was in the early aughts before things got snarly. I know too much about this movie. 
impossible you have to see it no yeah, it's like check it out probably a top 10 of all time you guys tell me to check out movies all the time and i never do it if there's one movie to check out it's that one probably not that mm. or bend it like beckham major league nah you don't need charlie sheen to be getting more dollars he's fine i i don't think he gets any money from it because it's on <laughs> streaming I don't think anybody makes money from streaming anymore. That's why they start production companies. That's why Reese Witherspoon, she sold like a bunch of IP for $750 million a couple weeks ago. I was going to ask you about the Golden Knights playing the Kings tonight. Oh, I got um, notes. And uh, you made sure that I was aware that you have handwritten note cards. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, who writes things by hand anymore? Me Adam? and my dad. <laughs> I was going to say Adam Candy. There's a, there's a few of us. I'm not saying that it's the most efficient way because, like, it's hard to keep track of the note cards and I like, can't find are them. You, and... Are you 65? At heart, yes. Okay. Yes. At heart. I'm, I'm, I'm what you would call an old soul. But in terms of what I'm looking for for the Knights today, the neutral zone and the blue line vulnerabilities are going to be there because there's been a lot of talk about the defensive zone and, and setting that up. We got to get through the neutral zone before we get there and the good gaps that they need to put on against a very talented offensive team in the Los Angeles Kings. It's easy to get a little bit too far ahead and then all of a sudden, oh, they skate right around you or or you just pinch at the wrong time. That puck body management on changes is going to be huge because they are very smart up the middle as Leah Hextall mentioned with us with Philip Deneau and Anze Kopitar. And so they can be very opportunistic. So are we talking tomorrow about, uh-oh, they haven't picked up the system yet. They're still giving up goals or seven goals or 53 shots like we saw in a couple of preseason games. Like, is that the narrative tomorrow that this team hasn't, that it's going to take them a while to figure out Bruce Cassidy's system? Or can they win games while figuring out Bruce Cassidy's you system? You can absolutely win games while you're figuring out the system. I mean, I think talking a lot about the system becomes, you know, kind of just a placeholder for why didn't we find success? And sometimes that's just because you got beat in 50, 50 battles down low, or you took a penalty at an inopportune time or too many shots got blocked, but it's going to be certainly a thing in terms of assignments because the, the golden Knights in the defensive zone, if they're running around, which is what they've done the last few seasons, they are going to give up goals that they shouldn't. They're going to give up odd man rushes that they shouldn't. And that's not a, a situation that I want to put a young net minder in and playing hero ball early on and us playing catch up because that's the Knights love to get the pucks out of their defensive zone and go up on the rush and Cassidy's asking them to change their pacing. And so it, it's, it's going to be, uh, a challenge, but I, I certainly don't chalk up any win or loss. Be like, oh, they didn't execute the system good, well enough. I just say, you didn't play hockey well enough tonight, straight up. I'm excited to overreact tomorrow. Are you? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. it's going to be great. One game, oh, phenomenal. Like, you can do it in football reasonably because they yeah. only play 17. Like, it's it's probably not that much of an overreaction, but in hockey, it's great. Well, the good news is that the Golden Knights have been lighting up the Kings goaltenders as of late, but weirdly, the Kings usually get a jump on them in the first period. Like, the last couple of years, they've been able to score and put them in a box pretty early, but all you got to do is aim for the hips. Jonathan Quick always is down in his on his knees against the post, and so if you can get that puck from down low up high and shoot right away... You're going to find a lot of success because he's not a big guy. Shouldn't you aim just slightly away from the hip so that it doesn't hit the hip? No. it. it <laughs> you're asking a very specific question I wasn't expecting. You I know. Be, hockey players aren't accurate. They can't shoot anyway. No. no all you, they do is bar down because that's all. They just want to be sick. Oh, that, it is. It's very let cool. Let the mullet flow. Yeah, yeah. It's very cool. No, you just aim at the guy's chest. That's what the Knights have always yeah. done. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. it'll make it through. Yeah. For sure. It's a Swiss cheese under there. Not yeah. a, Not a fully fledged human being. Hit dead center, 
Eventually, it'll go through. It's yeah. kind of like the how many licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop, how many shots to the chest to actually put a hole through them. I would be Phil Kessel, take the puck in on the zone entry, bring it below the goal line, have Jack Eichel crashing down, pass it to Jack Eichel, and he shoots far uh, right side if, if I'm looking where Eichel's skates are, and he's going to beat Jonathan Quick every time. All right. Here's an important hockey question for mm-hmm. you. The Golden Knights, according to The Athletic, are going to have a new tradition after games. Mm. Uh, they're the three stars of the game usually skate out and toss a stick into the crowd. Yep. And somebody, three people get to go home with a stick. Apparently this year, the Golden Knights are changing that. And instead of tossing a stick into the crowd, they're going to toss a giant poker chip. Ah, they're taking a page out of the Kraken book or throwing salmon in the post game. Am I wrong for thinking this is stupid? And if I was a fan, I would much rather have the hockey stick than the giant plush. Agreed. Agreed. For sure. Hockey sticks in general without somebody at the professional level using them are like $300, let alone when you actually put value on that. They like you can buy them in a pro shop and they're like six, seven hundred dollars sometimes. So, yeah, I would for sure want that more. What am, what are you doing if you get this giant poker chip? Sell it on eBay. <laughs> There's a no- this fan base really likes the novelty stuff. <laughs> like they re- like whenever they do the patches at Albertsons, people line up at six a.m. or even the the preseason little statues. I got a couple extra. I'm gonna be you know just keeping those for a rainy day. Those in the Pokemon cards. That's gonna help me with my student loans one of these days. Do you still have Pokemon cards? Yeah. Have I sold my holographic Charizard? Hell to the no. The you market is not should. hot. I need to get them appraised. You should. I don't know where mine are. Really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't have anything good like that, but. I have like a Japanese limited edition Blastoise as well. It's it's pretty sick. Are you secretly rich with Pokemon cards? No. I used to have a lot more of them, but I, I when I I had a couple of floods back home a few summers ago, and I think I was just smart and saved like the the best ones. And so I found them a couple of years ago. Thank God. I'm like, this is my retirement plan. Yeah. So NFTs, baby. Yeah, those fell off the face of the earth. No, we just have to agree that they're a thing again, and they will be a thing again. That's the I great agree. thing about I agree. We've got existence. I, I got to tell you about our fake horses and fake chickens. Ooh, yeah, yeah, they're great. Good All old right. Farmer John over well, we there. Gotta, we got to give stuff away here. Uh, what are we giving away? Oh yeah, comedy Bonkers. tickets. Uh, Suncoast Hotel and Casino has a new comedy show, Bonkers Comedy Club, uh, and we've got tickets to give away. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. We'll take caller number five at 702-364-1100. You will win a pair of tickets to Bonkers Comedy Club. they got shows at 7 and 9.30. You can pick which uh, show you go to, either one. 702-364-1100. You want a pair of tickets to go see the Bonkers Comedy Club. We have always taken the position that the record book says what it says. You can't change what happened. You can't undo what happened. I I think with respect to numbers, you know, there's a long history in baseball. Different things happened in different er eras. The ball was different. The height of the mound was different. Um, And, you know, fans make their own judgments. I think what you saw um, with Aaron Judge is it was a, you know, absolutely monumental performance. And fans reacted to it that way. I mean, I think that's kind of the end of the story. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. Did you, did Jared, did you just say no one cares? No one cared. (laughs) Okay. I thought you said no one cares to the audio you chose to play as we came back from break. No, I, I, I was saying that Rob Manfred being like, fans really loved what was going on with Aaron Rodgers, or Aaron Rodgers, (laughs) Aaron Judge. Eh, did they? 
Yankees fans did. Yeah, that's um, not that's not fans. We were that's, watching what? history, gentlemen. What do you mean? We were watching history interrupt us being like, there's an SEC lower no. division game. It's never up. a good feeling to be told you're not the most important person in your own room. So the ALDS and NLDS get started today. The Phillies and Braves start. Uh, you can hear that right here. Like literally after this show, because yeah. it starts at ten oh seven West Coast Pacific baby. time, one oh seven in Atlanta. Great. So I work in sports radio. My job is to sit at home on a computer and a TV and watch sports. I love that there is going to be playoff baseball games on every minute of the day once I get done with the show. But I cannot imagine this is actually good for baseball. Who is watching? The Phillies and the Braves at 10.07 Pacific time, 1.07 Eastern time. Like the idea here is for the TV partners, right? Yeah. The, the AL- put you in, pro- in the prime real estate, right? The ALDS is on TBS and the NLDS is, is it on Fox, I think? And so basically Fox gets a game early in the day and Fox gets a game late in the day. TBS gets a game early in the day and gets a late uh, game late in the day. They don't have to overlap. But I can't imagine there are that many people that are going to sit down and watch all four games versus, right. hey, they're all in prime time. I get home from work and I can flip between whichever ones I want to watch. I just to me, it seems stupid that you're going to have the Braves playing a home playoff game that starts at one o'clock today. Yeah. Like that Kids just are in seems school stupid. again. So, I mean, you could take them out if you're a really cool parent, just like, we're going to have a day at the ballpark. You should, but, but then you know what absolutely. you have to do? You have to do it on Thursday, too, because they play again on Thursday at like two o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting. But you almost wonder if they're trying to basically go at the same thing that March Madness goes at, right? Where it's just like, you got to get it in at, at all times of the day, and you hope that the people make an appointment about viewing. I mean, I was talking to you about it off air earlier. I feel like there's basically 30% more baseball fans that just like pop up out of the ground when the postseason starts and and just like everybody is super invested and cares a lot and so you're just like maybe this is just our point of the year where we prioritize that over our responsibilities uh here's a fun playoff baseball story so the phillies have a reliever named dave robertson Mm -hmm. he is not on the postseason roster for this series uh that the phillies about to play against the braves he was on the roster for the wild card series, but the reason he's not on the roster is that he hurt himself celebrating a Bryce Harper home run last round. The Bellinger type of bit where he dislocated his shoulder, <laughs> given the elbow high five, which is so dumb. Uh, according, it, it wasn't quite that. Uh, according to this, he strained his calf jumping. Oh, oh my God. When Bryce Harper hit a home run against the Cardinals. They play on turf. Um, yeah, I assume he was in. Well, I assume he was in the bullpen. Right. So he's probably standing on. That concrete. sucks. Like just thinking about explaining that to people. Yeah, I'm out. I'm not available because just the human body and condition got in the way at the most inopportune <laughs> in the most unbadass way ever. I think it's phenomenal. At least uh, you could punch a wall like Kevin Love and say that you were doing knuckle push-ups. Would that be better? It's more aggressive. I think that would be worse. I feel like. What's what's worse, getting hurt when you're happy and celebrating, or getting mm-hmm. hurt when you're already angry and frustrated? I yeah, f- I feel like getting. I you feel, have, like, you feel like you have control over one of them. Well, so you're. It's but I reflects think it's, more poorly on you. It's more embarrassing if you're frustrated and angry and get hurt, right? Yeah. Whereas if you're happy, it's just maybe you're a little Fate. old and your body yeah. failed you. I, it's when a little you're more embarrassing be- though, because it, it takes out your 
control and intentionality with it. You're like, yeah, I got, I was so pissed. I just punched a wall and you're like, oh, it's badass versus just like, yeah, I <laughs> fell and my ACL blew out. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, I think if you, if you get hurt when you're happy, you just, you didn't get hurt. You were going to get hurt in the next game you played. I wonder if the like, adrenaline feels different. Happy right, because because of just like the pain when it when it kicks in, right? Because you already got adrenaline going when you're angry. Yeah, you probably you probably don't feel it when you're angry, right? Exactly. And you feel it more when you're, you're happy, but then yeah. if you're happy, you're already elated, and it's a, probably a different yeah, hormone. If you're happy and you know it, you clap your hands. Thank you, Barney. Selena Gomez documentary coming out soon. I hear. I know there's a Barney documentary coming out. Is there really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I wonder if they're converging because she was, was she was on that. It was about she was one like, of those child stars. The dark side of Barney or something yeah. like that. I don't know what the dark side of Barney is. There was a vitriol against Barney in, in elementary school. For some reason, it was just like if you watched him, you were a social pariah. Like instant. It was like one of those things you would throw at people and be like, they watch Barney. Oh my God, we can't hang out with you at recess. The worst. I watched Barney, but I don't remember that. Mm. Social in, rules must yeah. have been different where what you was grew happening up. In Minnesota. A lot. <laughs> Of he taught kindness, yeah, and sharing <laughs> exactly. A lot of anti Barney, yeah. Uh, oh, I did want to update this. Yesterday we talked about Araldus Chapman being left off the Yankees postseason roster because he skipped a team workout on Sunday. He just stayed in Florida. Um, oh a pair, according to Bob Nightingale, Araldus Chapman told the Yankees that he would show up for the workout if they were going to guarantee he was going to be on the postseason roster. But the Yankees said, we can't guarantee you're going to be on the postseason roster, which is, yeah. wink, wink, you're not going to be I on the postseason I want special treatment, roster. otherwise I'm not hanging out. Yeah. Well, okay. he's now a free, he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. So he's, probably he's basically saying, you guys weren't going to have me pitch. I'm not going to show up and throw 20 pitches for you on Sunday.